Hello there, dear friend, and welcome back to this episode of Coffee and Tea with Justin and Tishina. Excuse me? Tishina. No, no, no. That's not my name. Tanisha. Ugh. Tashinista. Tashish Ansari. <laughs> Tashish Navidad. Uh, I've, I if think... you like Tashina Coladas, no. they're getting caught in the rain. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> On that note. Um, <laughs> yeah. Today was a, a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. We were kind of all over the place, we but sure were. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I would say there are definitely parts of this where I felt like crying. Mm-hmm. So if you... Not in like a angry, upset way, but in in more of like a sad way. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, if you're not into that, then this is not going to be the episode for you. You're going to want to go ahead and skip it. Yep, probably skip it like the '90s thing that you bought at Kmart. Oh yeah. Remember skip it? I had a friend that had one, and I remember using it. And sometimes it would like fly up and like hit you in the shin or the ankle, <laughs> and it was the most painful thing that's yeah. funny that's, that's what i remember funny. most about those yeah skip it skip it i had a cousin that had one yeah jackie hmm. you know jackie yeah, yeah yeah she had a skip it pretty sure it was bright pink i think they all were yeah i think you're right i think there were maybe two color options i don't know i never had one yeah it's probably pink and blue that'd be my guess yeah that'd be my guess too anyway gender roles am i right <laughs> So uh, today we talk about the movie, not in this order, but we talk about the movie 1917, yeah. which we watched last night, mm-hmm. and I loved it. Mm-hmm. I think you loved it. I liked I it didn't too. Ask, though. Okay, you liked it. I loved yeah. it. Tashina liked it. <laughs> we talk about that, and that that is where the emotions really start to fly. Yeah. And then, what did we talk about before that? Before that, we talked about... Uh, fun news related to food that people are ordering. Oh, right. During... Everything that's going on. Yeah. Which I found interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's a great story. And homemade pasta. Again, we, bread yep, versus yep, pasta. Yep, 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 that yep, big yep. battle that's going mm-hmm. on. Um, and we also talked about a variety of other things. M- mostly movie related. Yeah, 1917 mostly. really took us into some talk about movies and celebrities yeah. and who are our dream people to have on the show. Yeah. And just random weird stuff. Yep. Tashina talks a lot about Wes Anderson and Weezer. So. Yep. <laughs> all all good things. All the W things. Hey, I have a question. Yeah. What are you grateful for today? I'm grateful. I'm grateful that last night we unplugged a little bit and mm. hung out and had like dinner and a movie at home. Like we had like an at home date night. Yeah. Basically. And that was really in, nice. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't really planned, but that is kind of how it worked out. Yeah. Yeah, that was nice. What are you grateful for? I mean, so many things. Mm-hmm. So many things. Uh, having to pick one right now that I feel particularly grateful for, mm-hmm. it's just the ability to do this Yeah. and to create things. Mm-hmm. I think that it can be hard and scary and i'm really grateful that we have so many supportive people Mm -hmm. and i'm also really just grateful that we've both worked so hard to be comfortable doing stuff like this Mm -hmm. because because it would be really easy to make it not comfortable yeah it's been fun to do yeah it has been 
and even though we haven't like you know we're not gonna like come out of quarantine with six packs and like <laughs> being the most productive we've ever been not that we're in quarantine in fact utah doesn't even have a statewide stay-at-home order uh but despite that i think that we are creating a lot of cool stuff mm-hmm. that's different than what we would normally be doing yeah totally and i'm really grateful that we've both taken the time to do that mm-hmm. and have this time to hang out together me too. It's nice. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> well. Oh, you know oh. what else I'm grateful for? What? Our uh, our Logical Harmony apparel is supposed to arrive tomorrow. Mm. That is exciting. Yeah. I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to wear it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm grateful for another thing. Normally, I despise it when Tashina does my laundry. However... The other day, I asked you to do my laundry, and you did all of it. Mm-hmm. Like, all of it. Because mm-hmm. I've been wearing, like, the same socks for three days, the same shirts for three days. Obviously, I only own one hoodie. <laughs> so, just I've just been, like, getting You've my... Been putting it off. Yeah. And then you washed every single piece of my laundry the other day, and it was just amazing. I feel so excited to have all this clean clothes. So, Good. thank you. You're welcome. Okay, well, I think that this would be an absolutely perfect time to jump into the episode. Hey, Tashina, do you happen to have a funny news story (laughs) to talk about? Oddly enough, I do. Oh, it's so weird that I would ask that. Yeah, I know. I know. What are the odds? I don't know. Um, So, obviously, in most states, people are staying home if it's possible for them. And they pulled different delivery sites to figure out in each state what was like the main thing people were ordering. Okay. And so I went through and it was like, you know, most popular by state. And there were a few things that I thought were funny. All right. Well, one, no surprise, it was all comfort food. There were no salads. There were no smoothies. (laughs) It was all comfort food. So these were all grocery stores that were being pulled? No, restaurants. So they pulled like like Uber Eats, DoorDash, those delivery services. Um, and the overwhelming most popular thing was different variations of fries. Oh, all right. So in California, it was just plain French fries, but here in Utah, it was like carne asada fries or something. And I was like very surprised by that. Um, it was a lot of fried foods, a lot of pasta. Anyway, I just thought it was, I thought it was funny because I feel like, a lot of us are very much embracing the comfort food thing right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I know I am. Mm-hmm. And I, then you're also seeing the extreme polar opposite of people being like, this is your time to like eat a smoothie every day, eat a salad for every meal, really like get in shape. And like, anyway, I just thought the data was funny. Yeah. Hmm. So I, it got me thinking though. I would agree with both of those both of those sentiments. I agree with both of them too, but it, when you're not going to the grocery store, it's a lot harder to have fresh food. True. Um, so like I will fully admit yesterday I ate canned pears because yeah, we both did. Yeah. We are out of, and I made uh, we that, have like two apples and I made that giant pot of chili. Yeah. Totally. Sourdough. Yeah. And I pretty tasty. Yeah. It was really good. Thank you. But yeah, I've definitely been eating a lot of comfort food It'd be great to be like, I'm on this smoothie and salad kick, but it's challenging for sure. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. And I get that this is what people are ordering out. You're definitely way more likely to order something that's harder to make at home. Mm -hmm. 
but I just found it interesting. Oregon's was fried chicken. Hmm. I thought that was fascinating. It was interesting. It was fried foods and pasta dishes. Yeah. Was the theme. Huh. That's very interesting. Yeah. And apparently now a lot of people have moved on from sourdough starter and making your own pasta is the new trend. That's so funny. Mm -hmm. That's such weird timing that I made pasta the other day because it was completely, well, unrelated to like recent events. Yeah, totally. That's very fascinating. It's something we've talked about wanting to do for a long time and just haven't. Which I'm sure is... Yeah. I'm sure that's most people. That's what you're totally. just about to say. Yeah. 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 I'm sure that's totally what's happening is people are like, all right, what else do I want to do? <laughs> yeah. Especially because I think sourdough starter uses a lot more flour than probably mm. people realize. Yeah, I think so. And then if you didn't do it right, you may have wasted like seven days of waiting for it. Yeah. And if you did do it right, then you're going to make a loaf of bread that uses like, you know, 70% of your bag of flour. And I'm yeah. sure people are like, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> Flour's still hard to find. Yeah, I did not realize this is what I was signing up for. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I think you're right. Hmm. Anyway, so those are my funny news stories that I read. Wow, thank you for sharing those. Yeah, they're not as uplifting as Guy playing Animal Crossing, but I enjoyed them still. I enjoyed them as well. <laughs> It is fascinating to know. Yeah. I saw a similar uh <laughs> a similar tweet today which is not not accurate, but I well, I'll just say what the tweet is and then I'll give you my thoughts. The tweet was something along the lines of we're at the point in quarantine where Amazon is sold out of podcasting microphones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Which I thought was super funny. Yeah, it is. Uh I went and started looking at podcasting microphones they're not sold out (laughs) but my what i would imagine is they're probably sold out of all the most popular ones yeah that would be my guess too i'm I'm pretty sure even these are sold out already yeah dang which i'm glad we got them because right when we bought them the price started going up already Mm -hmm. and that was before any of this had even really hit yeah it was like when we kind of had a feeling of what was coming but weren't totally sure I would it say. It had nothing to do with why we bought them, though. No, we had, we were thinking of getting them anyway. Well, I wanted you to were. buy them to try to force you to do a podcast with me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not, you were thinking of getting them. It's a team effort now, but let's not make it sound like it was a team effort <laughs> in the beginning. Okay, fair enough. It was not a team effort. It was you. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but yeah, we, we, we had them... I think you might be remembering the timeline a little probably a, a little wrong. We had them for like two weeks before anyone was anyone mm. in the US was doing shelter in place. Yeah. We just weren't using them. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's what I mean by it's not like we bought them knowing what was coming. I think I said that. I think you said the opposite. Oh. <laughs> well I meant maybe I worded it weird, but that is what I meant. Is that we didn't know what was coming. Neither of us have left the house in like three days, which is typically the normal number of days, like outside of everything that's going on. Yeah. Three days is generally the point at which I, I'm like, oh, I haven't gone outside. Mm-hmm. I don't really notice. I'm really good at doing that, though. Like, it's totally normal, even before shelter in place, for me to be like, when did I go outside? Like, aside from like, you know, going to like our apartment laundry room or taking out the trash or checking the mail or whatever. Like when did I actually leave? 
the that's property. Just, yeah, that's just sort of our lives. Yeah, and that's just, it's a lot easier for me. I also, too, I'll like, I get so heads down on stuff that I lose track of days. And I will like, I mean, this happens even with my mom. She'll message me, like she'll text me or call me and I'll, I'll be like, yeah, that was like two days ago. It's fine. And then I actually look, I'm like, oh, that was like three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely more guilty of that right now because I think days are kind of running together. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to stay on top of it, but it's a challenge. Are you trying? I am. Oh. I am trying. Yeah. I thought you just didn't care. No, I care. It's just mm. I'm trying to balance the all the different outlets, basically, mm. which is a challenge. <laughs> I'm boring you. All right. No. So last night. I don't think I've ever yawned from boredom. Like who yawns from being bored? Mm. It's such a weird, like, such a weird thing to put on a yawn. Hmm. I think I've yawned in meetings where I was bored because my body's just like, I need more oxygen to like. Sure. There's nothing stimulating you. Yeah. From, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I would say I've yawned from being bored. I doubt I'm the only one in the world. Stop yawning. You're going to make me yawn. I'm just going to stare at you. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) It doesn't bother me. Um, You do that a lot. That's true. I do. So how they say... We'll just come into a room and just stand there and just stare at me. You're also really good, though, at as soon as I look at you, you look up and you think that I've been staring at you. Okay. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that may be the case. Hmm. But you also love to just like come in and just hang out stand yeah but you're not <laughs> hanging out you're not like talking to me or anything. no i'm like standing there a lot of times it'll be you're when like you're working cat. and a cat's there and i'm like yeah. i'm watching the cat oh. i'm not paying attention mm-hmm. to you yeah i'm there because applesauce is there like she's right here okay i'm giving her little yeah. butt pet yep um okay so last Ooh. night you made chili which was super good thank you i know would you say it was pretty <laughs> pretty easy to make? Because I feel like you kind of cleaned out random bits in our pantry for it. Yeah. So the whole reason I made chili was to do that. Mm-hmm. And I was really pleasantly surprised when I found out that we had like maybe a cup and a half of pinto beans because my plan was to just use lentils and I wasn't yeah. super excited about that. Yeah. So, but yeah, we had a whole jar, I yeah. think, of pintos. Yeah. No. Almost. It was like I said, about a cup and a half. (laughs) (laughs) All right. But you didn't add red beans. We have red beans also. Oh, we do? Yeah. Mother flipper, where are those? They're in, the beans are in jars in a little line. So if you went Uh, past the lentils, you would have hit the red beans. Then I think I, I think I used the red beans the last time I made pinto beans. No, they're still in there. Because when I reorganized the pantry last night, they were there. Oh. Well, I miss I like them. Tidy things in the pantry, so I often pull sections out and reorganize. Well, clearly anyway. that's helping. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now, okay, you're an all star. So, oh gosh, <laughs> all right, well, painful. So, okay, to I'm pinto not, beans. Yeah, I'm not going to go into what I put in it because okay. we talked about it in yesterday's oh, yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, sorry. But, but I will say I, it was a way of making chili that I've never made before, mm-hmm. which is where I put like a ton of stuff, mm-hmm. not not in, um, not with any liquid and not with any beans or anything, just like a ton of like chilies and onions and garlics and mm-hmm. whatever. All the vegetables. Peppers. Yeah. 
and then I and then still before putting any liquid in, I put the dried beans and dried lentils. Yeah. And let that cook in there for mm-hmm. a while. Mm-hmm. And then the liquid that I started adding was like tomato sauce. Yeah. Not pasta sauce. And like crushed tomatoes yeah, from a can. That's how I like to do soups. I feel like it gives it all a little more flavor. It like kind of caramelizes everything a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Personally, that's my reasoning for doing it. Yeah. Oh, and the oil that I used was uh, you had made popcorn in that in mm. that pot yeah, the night before. And yeah. It was like that coconut. It's supposed to really flavored. taste like butter. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't add any oil. I just used the residue that was in the pot from that. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that stuff's tasty. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then after, or while we were eating dinner, mm-hmm. we watched a movie, which was 1917? Yep. Which you picked out. I sure did. So do you want to, why did you pick it? Because I was very surprised by that pick from you. Right. I had no intention of ever watching that movie because I'm not really a fan of war movies. Yeah. And I've come to realize that I'm particularly not a fan from like, a like maybe from an entertainment aspect, I would watch these, but from like a social aspect, I'm really not a fan of movies that romanticize war. Yeah. That makes sense. And again, they might be entertaining. Yeah. But there's just something about them that I'm like, eh. I mm-hmm. could have done without ever watching that movie. Mm. Uh, like, yeah. Anyway, I do, however, like movies about war that do not romanticize it at all. Mm-hmm. And I like it when movies, which this movie did not do, but I do like it when movies blend the line between good and bad. Mm. Mm-hmm. Especially like movies. Like this one, which are based in like World War One and World War Two. Yeah, I think it's so easy to say these were the good guys, these were the bad guys, mm-hmm. and I do think it's fascinating when that line gets blurred. Yeah, going back to like uh, that book, Man's Search for Meaning, mm-hmm. by Viktor Frankl, who was a Holocaust survivor. He talks about how there were some people in the camps that, well, you'd have to read the book. I'm. This is a massive oversimplification but effectively there were people who were in the camps as prisoners that you would consider to be quote unquote bad people and people Mm -hmm. who were who were there as soldiers that or sorry that you would call good people yeah and then people that were there as soldiers who you would obviously think would be bad bad people but these were some people that he experienced like human kindness from Mm -hmm. while in the camps. And anyway, I'm not in any way trying to imply that um, Nazis were good people. So don't, don't take it that way. What I'm saying is that I think in war, there's a lot more nuance than we want to believe. Like we want to just be able to say that side was bad. We are good. Mm -hmm. Here's the line. It's black and white. There's zero gray area. And I think, honestly, if you're trying to get young people to murder each other, which is what war is, then, yeah, it's probably pretty important to have them think that there's no gray area and that yeah, they are the good guys and the other people are the bad guys. Well, and I think, too, when it comes down to it, a lot of people's decision-making in the moment is probably purely based on survival. Like depending on the circumstance. And I feel like in that situation, it's very easy for, you know, quote unquote, good people to do things that are quote unquote bad or quote unquote, bad people to do things that are quote unquote, good. Like 
it there are elements to survival and elements to basic human connection yeah that kind of go back and forth yeah i think this is why i despise hypotheticals mm. i just think hypotheticals are just the <laughs> the biggest waste of time especially when it comes to things that are like really intense mm-hmm. because you really have no idea how you would act yeah and i think it's tough too especially looking back at you know wars where people were drafted or countries where military service is required it doesn't necessarily mean that people believed in what they were there to do. It was they were there and had to do it. I think weird tangent, but I think Star Wars and the new ones does a good job of playing with that with Finn, who mm. was the stormtrooper because that was what he had to do. Like they took him because they were orphans, right? And like that was just anyway. Yeah. I think that it's a it's a fine line and that it's a pretty touchy subject to Mm -hmm. be like, Oh, you're just doing your job. And so that's okay. Yeah. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying not everyone's there because they choose to be. Mm. That's Hmm. more of what I mean. Yeah. I think that goes down to the semantics of what you consider a choice to be. Mm. Yeah, probably. I feel like we could argue that everything (laughs) is a choice. The person could have chose to be shot and killed instead of serving. That's true. Uh, armies. That's true. Anyway. Yeah. But I think, I guess that's kind of my point about hypotheticals though, is it's Mm -hmm. so easy to sit and judge. Mm -hmm. And it's also like, what's, what's going on today Mm -hmm. that later on people will look back on and be like, you were complacent. How dare you be okay with this stuff? And we're going to be like, we were just living our lives, trying to survive, trying to make podcasts and talk about cats. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Man. Okay. So back to the movie. Back to the movie. <laughs> Again, I had no intention of watching it. And then I I wish that I could remember who posted this because I want to thank them. Like mm-hmm. I want to reach out and be like, thank you so much for yeah. suggesting this movie. But the reality is I think it was just some random person that I follow on Instagram. Yeah, I think so too. And what they had posted was like, oh, you have to watch this movie because it's shot in a way that makes the whole thing feel like it was one take. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty it's true. very true. Like, yeah. just war aside, your feelings about story, stories about war aside, just how long some of these shots go on for is like, I mean, wow. Like, I don't even know what to say. Like every single aspect of it, the actors, Mm -hmm. obviously for one, being able to just do these long scenes, just where they're, you know, five, 10, 15, some of them felt like they were just these 30 minute long (laughs) Yeah. One take scenes. Or so complicated too. Like so many elements, even if it's a short scene. Hmm. Um, I don't know that I felt that way. Can you give me an example of one of the scenes that you... Um, one of the scenes on the battlefield where he's running one way and all the other soldiers are running the other. 
that wasn't necessarily a long scene, but the coordination in that mm. would be really complex because there's mm. so many literally moving elements. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. So the actors, the sets, like mm-hmm. I was thinking some of these scenes where they're going through these trenches and who, how were they moving the camera? Yeah. How was it somebody walking? Was it a crane that's being pulled through this? Like, I would love to see a lot of this behind the scenes stuff. Was it on a track? And then Mm. how, if it was on a track and it's right in front of these actors, how are the actors not tripping on the track? Mm -hmm. Hmm. Just so, yeah, from like a set design and yeah, like just the logistics of getting these shots. Like there's one shot where they're, they're tracking and it feels to me very much like you're walking with these people. Mm-hmm. And then there's this huge, like, I guess you could call it like a pond and the, and the people are going around the pond and instead of continuing to track with the people, like you would think you would have to do if it was a camera operator yeah. tracking these two dudes it like pulls down and kind of hovers across this pond. It's just like... It's so interesting. Yeah. It gives you such a different feel for it. I think I want to watch it again tonight. Okay. Yeah, I think that'd be fine. Yeah. I, I, oh, go ahead. No, please. I was going to say, there were definitely... I mean, obviously in any more movie, there's some very intense scenes. I felt like this was intense in a different way. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, to me it was intense in a very subtle way, mm-hmm. which kind of made it more emotional. Yeah. Because they didn't, it was like they didn't try to make you feel something. No. It was so subtle that y- you just, yeah. I, and just yeah. little, like, little things, little elements about the scenes. I mean, there are some obvious big things that happen, yeah. but there are so many little tiny things where it's, the emotional connection mm-hmm. you see the characters being emotional basically yeah. but not at the same time it's interesting it was a good movie yeah i think it might be one of my favorite movies really yeah huh because of how it was done mm-hmm. i just i don't know i guess i don't watch a lot of movies so maybe there are a lot of movies that are done like this but i don't think so mm-hmm how it was done, how it was acted. Yeah. The, the very small amount of dialogue. Yeah. And when there was dialogue, just what it was like the humanity, a lot of a lot of it. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, so one of the things that I tend to not like about war movies is that they, they'll often have like one scared dude. Mm -hmm. And then, this whole, you know, platoon or battalion or whatever the word is yeah. of all these like battle hardened soldiers that are like getting out there and, and, and they love it. And, yeah. yeah and, and maybe the reality is that maybe that's true sometimes, right? Like mm-hmm. I would imagine that by the time you become a Navy SEAL and you're going into these situations, you may be shaken a little bit, but you probably have a lot more mental, emotional training to handle these situations than someone like who's just a ground soldier in the army. Yeah. Not that there's 
which I mean, realistically is I think kind of a failure probably of the system is Mm -hmm. anyway, this is not meant to be like commentary on what soldiers are better as much as it's just my thoughts on maybe how they're trained differently. Yeah. So maybe it is true in some scenarios, Mm -hmm. but I really loved that for the casting of this, when you oftentimes, when you do see these huge amounts of soldiers, they're, they're kids. Yeah. Like, I don't know how old they are in real life and I don't know how old they were in, uh, in that time period when it takes place in the year of 1917. I do, however, think that, now, being in my early 30s, when I see someone who's 18, I, nine times out of 10, think you are a child. Mm, like, mm-hmm. I don't care if six months ago you were 17, <laughs> I, you know, and now you're technically an adult, or like, I don't care if you can grow more facial hair than I can. <laughs> Typically, when you look at an 18 year old, at least when I do, you can see what I'm sure was the expression on my face at 18, which is I'm trying as hard as I can to be an adult, but I'm a child. Yeah. And I think they did such a good job of doing that with the people cast in this movie, which I think is another thing that I feel like they did really well as a representation of what I imagine real life world war is like, which is all these young dudes being sent off to die. Yeah. I agree. It wasn't like, you know, you see other movies and it's, you know, like these older or like, like Arnold Schwarzenegger types. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) that's also not normal, I think. Um, (laughs) I love in the Bill Murray Christmas special, the Monuments Men's joke. Yeah. And then there was something else we were watching recently and they were making jokes about it too. We were listening to How Stuff Works and they were trying to remember the name of the movie and they kept calling it Museum Men. Yeah, Museum Men with John Goodman. Um, He was in that, right? Yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty sure he was. Anyway. um, Yeah, they weren't trying to... Yeah. They weren't trying to make it out like everyone there is like this buff, older dude who's there because he yeah like i said who's there because he like it's very much this is what it was yeah and i find that interesting like i remember i mean obviously this was not the same war but like my grandfather telling me that he was in world war ii Mm -hmm. and he was a paratrooper i'm pretty sure i honestly okay so i because my other grandpa, Grandpa George, he was in it also, mm-hmm. and he was Canadian. And mm-hmm. I know the Canadians fought with the British, mm-hmm. and one of them or both of them were paratroopers, and oh, I can't okay. remember who. I kind of think it might have been George. I think I might be wrong. Yeah. But I don't remember. Um, but anyway, I remember granddad telling me about coming back from war mm-hmm. and marrying my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't even think he was 21 when he returned. Yeah. I mean, maybe he was, but like, it, that's the reality of it is they were well, all young. Do you know what year he young. was born? No, not off the top of my head. Oh, okay. I don't. Um, if he were alive now, I think, because he was older than grandmother, so I think he'd be maybe like 90. Mm-hmm. So 
I don't know. I'm really terrible at math. Yeah. Well, but I'm just thinking like like my grandpa was born in 1905, I think. Mm-hmm. Somewhere close there, give or take a year. And so if World War II was in like 1945, yeah. my grandpa would have been 40. And he didn't go. He tried to go, actually. Really? But he already had so many kids at that point mm. that they were like, no, you need wow. to stay here and like be like take care of your family, basically. Yeah, which is huh. pretty crazy. But yeah, he told me I, we didn't talk about it in great detail. But he told me about like when the war started. He was like, "Okay, let's go." Wow. Like, I I don't even know if he was a legal citizen at that point. But he yeah. was like, "Let's do this." I think they let's did fight a, some Nazis. Yeah, I mean, I think for a lot of people that was a way to get their citizenship too. I don't think that's why he was doing it. No, I'm not saying that's why, but mm-hmm. um. Yeah, I don't remember exactly how, but I know granddad was young because I think grandmother was like maybe 18, 19. Yeah. Like they were young, but yeah, I just remember here, like they got married when he got back and he was young and that's the reality of it. And that's crazy to think about. It's super crazy, especially because obviously I've never seen, I've never met your grandfather. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. But from what I know and from what I've heard, it sounds like he and your grandmother were like seriously in love. Yeah. And it's so crazy to like how? Like, <laughs> like how? I, I like how could you? It, okay. Here's a theory. Mm-hmm. My theory is maybe because they were so young. Yeah. That who they were as people hadn't even really been formed yet. And yeah, so they that. formed together yeah. and grew together, which I sort of feel like is the situation with my brother and his wife, who mm-hmm. they started dating when they were like 13, and now yeah. they're married with two kids. I could see that. And how they met is one of the, I don't know what you call them, but one of the same people in granddad's like group was grandmother's brother. In the war. In the war. And so when they met, it's because... Wait, 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 wait. So... So, sorry, finish that, but then I have a question. So they met because, this is all my understanding, it could be wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure how they met is that my granddad came home with Milo from being deployed because granddad was from Washington mm-hmm. and, you know, he came, came to Oregon. To visit or from the war completely from the war home? With Milo uh-huh. and then visited there for a little bit and that's when he met grandmother. And so then they didn't I don't even know until after the war. Well, okay, that's what I'm trying to remember. I can't remember uh. if this was after or during. And then I think they might have. I think this might have been during, and then they went back. Sure. I don't. I'm not super clear on the details. Like maybe they they did some training together, and then before they got deployed, they went to Oregon. Yeah, I mean, my mom would know. Yeah. My mom would know all this stuff. Yeah, I'm fuzzy on the details. Someone we still need to get on the, on the phone. <laughs> I know. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, I think you're right. I think because they were so young and everything, like when you go through that with someone, mm-hmm. that's going to be a permanent attachment. And so mm-hmm. thinking about granddad and Milo, that was their permanent attachment. Yeah. And then grandmother, you know, it was her brother and her brother's friend or her boyfriend or whatever he was at the time. Like those are very bonding situations. Yeah. But yeah, they were definitely like, I remember when he was diagnosed with lung cancer and he was given, I think, like six months to live. And 
there was this ex- super experimental this surgery. Granddad. Yeah, my granddad, there was a very experimental surgery that most doctors did not want to perform because of his age and his health. Um, and they found one doctor that would do it, and it was removing three-fourths of his lungs. Wow. Yeah. And when... I guess when the doctors were like, do you understand the risks? He was like, yeah, but I just want five more years with my lovely wife. And he lived for like seven years. Like they had given him six months. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, they were like very much in love. And I think they, they had, I think they were a good team. Mm. I think that's the big part of it is they were a good team. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. That's the end of that story. Wow. Yeah. Mm. But I do think part of their attachment was having met so young and at such a pivotal time. To your point. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <sighs> it's good that he was a good dude. Yeah. Yeah. I have to sneeze. Okay. Bless you. Thank you. How old were you when he passed? Mm, I think I was 20. Hmm. 30 years ago. Yep, 30 years ago. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Very emotional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can be. Yeah. Anyway. So, great movie. Yeah, it was a good movie. 1917. <laughs> I think I remember enjoying Monuments Men as well. I liked it too. I think it was like a good amount of weird comic relief yeah. to a situation like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's something enjoyable too about there always being that misfit cast yeah. who doesn't fit in with what they're supposed to do and that's why they're stuck together. Mm-hmm. And I think too, I think it actually, maybe I'm wrong, but I think a lot of people didn't realize um, how much art and artifacts were taken by the Nazis that were never recovered. And I think that kind of resurfaced that to them, Mm. to people. Yeah. That some of it was found, but a lot of it never was. Yep. You okay? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I I did enjoy Monuments Men. The cast was goofy. Yeah. Definitely a a very different (laughs) war vibe. Yeah, completely. I mean, it has Bill Murray. I'm... I'm like 90% sure John Goodman is in that movie. I'm pretty sure he is. Um, and the I, boys. <laughs> and I feel like for me, he, John Goodman will always be Dan Connor. Mm. And he will also always be, I can't even remember his name in the second Blues Brothers movie. <laughs> but like, that is how I, that's how I grew up with John Goodman. John Goodman is such a good actor mm-hmm. and has done so many things different yeah. roles. I really love him in Righteous Gemstones. Yeah, me too. And especially, excuse me, especially when you consider that 
unless my timeline is wrong, that he's recording Righteous Gemstones as he's recording the Connors. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's fascinating to me to think about being able to just like switch between two roles and do it so well. Yeah, I agree. Especially one being a role he's played for so much of his life. Yeah, true. Like... Yeah, it'd be very easy to be like, oh, John Goodman's just Dan Connor, and then yeah. you see him in all these other roles, and you're like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, this guy is so good at playing Dan Connor that you're <laughs> convinced that that's who he is, yeah. and then you see all this other stuff, and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. I felt that way about Steve Carell when I saw mm. him before The Office. Mm-hmm. I think it was before The Office, at least. when I, I think the first time I saw Steve Carell was in Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, weird. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, it was weird because I was like, this guy is my favorite actor. Like, he's amazing. I've never even thought about having a favorite actor, but like this guy <laughs> is the guy. Yeah. And then obviously not super long after was The Office and mm-hmm. then um, The 40-Year-Old Virgin, which like is what really brought him into like being a mainstream celebrity. Yeah. That was also... 40 old virgin i think was the first thing i saw seth rogan in that's crazy it must yeah. have been i mean uh, yeah i think it was the first thing i saw him into i didn't like it when i saw it oh I, I didn't i thought it was hilarious until i saw pineapple express i see i didn't care for i didn't I and still pineapple don't care express. for pineapple express i think it's it's so funny i thought that you watched freaks and geeks as a kid no I'd oh. never seen it until I was an adult. And then oh. I was like, oh, I need to see this because um, I love Seth Rogen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I love Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't watch it as a kid. I don't, yeah. Because mm. it was such a like blip, I think. And I think I was too young for it. What are you looking at me like that for? She's like, give me breakfast. Second uh, breakfast. Applesauce is... And 11s. I don't think you can see it in the video, and obviously you can't see it in the audio. But we have this table, and they normally can... we don't have the other four chair or the other two chairs, but we have all four chairs here. Mm-hmm. So applesauce is sitting like like the third person of this. I think they show. Can see the top of her head, oh. but not the chair. That's the thing. So yeah, it's pretty cute because she'll sit there and hi, baby. Look at us and t- look at us, depending on who's talking. Sometimes she does it in the chair over there, which I don't think people can see at all. That's no. really cute. She's really cute. You're yeah. really cute, Applesauce. She's like, give me elevensies now. I demand elevensies. Uh, so, while well, we're talking about movies, mm-hmm. are there any other movies that you really love that, that like had a big impact or you just felt were like, great? I have another one that we talked about recently, so I won't get into it too much, but Rogue One. Mm. I think Rogue One might be my favorite Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. That is a good one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's been a long time since I've seen a movie that I felt was like crazy impactful on me. Yeah. Well, uh, it doesn't have to be recent. Yeah. Um, you've been a lot, you've been alive a long time. Just picking from, <laughs> from the 50 years, apparently I've been alive. Um, I don't know. Cause I think I like movies for various reasons. We've talked about the wind in the willows. Mm. It was like my childhood favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like mostly like 
non-serious movies or movies with weird humor, like Rushmore. Hmm. I love Rushmore. What's your favorite Wes Anderson? Rush- or, or give us top three. Top three. And they don't have to be in order. Okay. I think Rushmore. Okay. Royal Tenenbaums, because uh-huh. I felt like that was very defining for his career. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then, honestly, it's a tie between Bottle Rocket and Fantastic Mr. Fox, because wow. they're so different. Wow. And I really love both of them. But I like every Wes Anderson movie, because they're all so different from each other, but they all yet have these same threads woven throughout them that I feel like it makes it really difficult to pick one. Like, I feel mm. like the, everyone's so going to say... so much of what you love is his style of making yeah, films. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like everyone says their favorite is the first one that they saw. I don't think mm. there's anyone who watches four different ones and then is like, the second one I saw is my favorite. My favorite is not the first that I saw. What's the first that you saw? Amazing Steve Zissou and Oh, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. or something. Okay. Huh. Interesting. I was like, this is dumb. I don't like this. And then I saw Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah. We saw Darjeeling like, Limited together. Right, but that I'm going in order okay, of when okay. I saw them. Ah, okay. I saw Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah, you got me surprise tickets. I did get you. Su- yeah, to the theater by our house. W- that served beer, that one? Yeah. Is that where we watched it? Yeah. You took me there as a total surprise. You wouldn't let me look at any of the signs, any of the tickets, nothing. Oh, yeah. I, you know, it's weird because when I think about our relationship, I don't think about surprises being a big part of it but if you lay them out <laughs> you love surprises do you love them so much like when we first moved here <clears throat> which mm-hmm. by the way the day of which i'm referring i saw in my instagram feed and we realized that it was actually like almost exactly a year ago a week ago yeah um oh she switched chairs when i had to be uh <laughs> when I surprised you because it, I, I knew it was snowing in park city mm-hmm. and we were getting a lift out there. And yeah. that was funny. Cause I put in the notes, I'm surprising my girlfriend. Don't say where we're going. <laughs> and then we get in the car and the guy goes, so going to park city, huh? <laughs> and I'm like, cool. Now I'm going to sit here for the next 25 minutes being annoyed at you. I hate <laughs> you so much. You ruined the surprise. You're the worst person on the planet. Mm. Anyway. So that, yeah. The other day I surprised you with noodles. Yeah. I guess I surprised you with those tickets. What are some other surprises? <sighs> a lot of things. You surprised mm. me with the headphones. You had me open them on the podcast. Oh, yeah. You love surprises. Those you, were the headphones that I, years that, that ago, I actually bought. <laughs> when you bought our first real sofa, you surprised me with it. You had me close my eyes before oh, I came yeah. into the apartment. And you picked me up and you were carrying me. And then you dropped me on it. <laughs> And the whole time I'm like, uh, in my head. Because at the time, our furniture was all made out of pallets. Yeah, it was all pallet furniture. I was like, is he really going to drop me onto our pallet sofa (laughs) right now? Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. I do like a good surprise. You love a good surprise. I don't necessarily like being surprised. No, you don't. I like surprising. It must be a power dynamic thing. Yeah, you like surprising other people, especially me. It's really sweet. I'm pretty sweet, I guess. Yeah. So you saw Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Yeah. And then Moon Rice Kingdom. Moonrise Kingdom. Moonrise Kingdom. <laughs> and then... Oh. I I loved Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah. I fell in love with it. It was incredible. And then I and then I think afterward we watched... I think 
Incredible Mr. Fox came out after. Yeah, I think so. And I was like, yeah, this is good. Like, I appreciate it's it. It's fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, I think, came next. Right. That's, oh, I love that one, too. That's what I was going to say. Grand Budapest Hotel. I, I would say those are my two favorites. I love that one also. Yeah, it's tough yeah. to pick a favorite. And, like, I I just, I love Wes Anderson so much. So mm. Bottle Rock is very nostalgic, even though it's definitely not the first one that I saw. What's it called? Bottle Rock. Bottle Rock? Yeah. Not Bottle Rocket? Because I'm pretty sure that's what you said earlier. I think you're getting it confused now with the... the I think I am, too. The... Uh, <laughs> The music festival in Napa. <laughs> yeah. I, I need more coffee. Bottle Rock. Yeah, it's Bottle Rocket. Yeah, that's what um, you said the first time. And yeah. Then he's, he's yeah. Anyway, anyway Bottle Rocket. Uh-huh. Um, so he, in college, mm-hmm. he went to college with Owen Wilson. Mm-hmm. That's how they met. Mm-hmm. They wrote it together. Mm-hmm. It was the, f- the first of their movies that they wrote together. Mm-hmm. And just... So many little things about it really define his style. And when you think about where he was in his basically non-existent film career at the time, and then all the elements that have continued to carry through. Sure. And in that movie, because at a certain point, after a few movies, he stopped writing with Owen Wilson. Mm. Um, Because Owen Wilson got so caught up in the Zoolander series. Yeah. No, I think they just were like... (laughs) doing their own things yeah um that you then noticed what even like dialogue elements had been probably owen wilson the whole time yeah and like different themes in it where you're like oh i always thought that was wes anderson but that was owen wilson Mm. adding that element Mm. like it's super fascinating to see so if you watch them in order Mm -hmm. you really see you really see wes anderson develop his own style and then you see as he switches writing partners what elements carry on and what ones don't. Huh. Yeah. So you really get a vibe for what really was Wes Anderson versus yeah, someone else. There's so many visual elements that are very, very, very much him. And his brother, Eric, does a lot of illustrations in his movies. And so you see little different things like in Darjeeling Limited, their luggage sets, those were designed by his brother, Eric. Um and so you just see like a lot of little uh-huh. visual things throughout the movies too that are not necessarily Wes Anderson himself, but kind of like how he works with the same cast and crew for a lot of things. Hmm. You see those elements in set design. You see those elements in other things where it's like this continuous, continual flow throughout the whole process. Yeah. So in a way, it's like they're kind of one big story, even though they're not. Huh. And I really love that. And that makes it really hard to pick favorites, too. I mean, Fantastic Mr. Fox, I loved Roald Dahl as a kid. Fun fact about Roald Dahl, he was actually a British spy, and being an author was his cover. But he actually wrote books, or somebody else wrote them? He wrote them. He wrote the children's books, but that was never his actual career. He was a spy. Isn't there a movie about him and about that? Probably. But I loved him. I loved his books as a kid. Yeah. So... For me, and Fantastic Mr. Fox is like 20 pages. It's like a tiny sit-down, read-it, 15 well, minutes. he was busy spying. Yeah, exactly. He didn't have time for... No. But he wrote like Matilda and BFG and like James and the Giant Peach, like all these other classics. Crazy. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, so I think 
I have a soft spot for fantastic Mr. Fox because I loved Roald Dahl so much as a kid too. Mm. And seeing the two together was, it was pretty amazing to see Wes Anderson's take on what I had imagined in my head for this book. George Clooney, another guy in Monuments Men. Also in a Wes Anderson, a also, lot of Wes Anderson also movies. Also in a lot of Wes Anderson stuff yeah. and also in uh, Bill Murray's yeah. uh, Very Merry Christmas. Bill Murray also in nearly every Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. Yeah. See, I I love those connections. Yeah, it's cool when you see something like Hollywood, which in so many different ways can sort of seem maybe vapid. Mm-hmm. Is that the right word? Or just kind yeah. of empty or like... Disjointed. Disjointed, yeah. And maybe built on like, I think, at least, I don't know if this is reality, but what we've kind of been taught is like, that it's all a bunch of fake people yeah. and blah, 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 blah. So it's so cool to see these people who it seems are legitimately friends. Yeah. And have been for decades. Yeah. It's exciting. It's, like it's so fascinating to think about like Bill Murray and Jason Schwartzman mm-hmm. who have been in a bunch of Wes Anderson things together. And in their first one, Rushmore, Jason Schwartzman was 16 when that was filmed. Mm. So Bill Murray is essentially like been you know part of his life for so long who knows if they actually get along but it's interesting to think about i could see them getting along really well yeah me too i feel like bill murray and jason schwartzman are legitimately very good friends yeah i love jason schwartzman i think he obviously has grown up with a lot of privilege because of his family but I think he's someone who is an actor because he loves to act. Mm. I don't think he's in it. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know him, obviously. But I feel like he's one of those actors that's like, I'm going to do this movie because I think it's weird and funny. How hard do you think it would be to to get someone like Jason Schwartzman on, on this podcast? Oh, incredibly hard. Because it's Jason Schwartzman and he probably doesn't do a lot of stuff like this? Or yeah. because he's famous? I think both, but I think it'd be kind of like, I imagine him being kind of like Michael Sarah, where they are not doing it because they want to be famous, sure. but they happen to be. So yeah. a lot of the stuff is like uncomfortable and awkward. And mm. that's why you don't see most, most of it from them. You don't see that much. Interesting. I think we should pick someone who's like mainstream famous mm-hmm. and then make it a goal to get them on. <laughs> okay. Who should we pick? You like that little whistle? Who should we pick? <laughs> I didn't even hear it. Oh. Um, I have no idea. Okay. Well, we'll think on it. Okay. It's got to be someone that we both love. I think that makes it challenging. Really? You think yeah. we don't love a lot of the same people? Mm, yes and no. I think that the margin, there's there's some overlap for sure. Hmm. Who, what do you think the overlap is? Who do you think those people are? Hmm. I don't know off the top of my head. Okay. Well, this was fun. <laughs> who do you think they are? Oh, well, there are some people that I think might be, well, who are, I guess we'd have to first decide what level of celebrity we're talking about. Yeah, because you said mainstream, which implies right. pretty, pretty big. Right. So I wonder if like we could get someone like Josh Gates or someone from <sighs> Ghost Nation or wait, Ghost Hunters? Ghost Nation. Ghost Nation on <laughs> but i wouldn't say that they're mainstream no 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 that's, that's why thing. i'm saying we'd have to decide on a level yeah but maybe hmm, yeah hmm. i think josh gates is one of the few celebrities that if i met them i would be like i 
I don't know what to say. This is so awkward and weird because I like, yeah. Because you love him so much. Yeah. I think I would just be like, I would probably just like blurt out something strange and be really awkward. Huh. Weird. Yeah. Because I don't get that way when I have met celebrities, really. Who have you, what celebrities have you met? Mm, Not a ton. I've not met a ton. I wouldn't say I've met really any. But they've been mostly like more. (gasps) Oh, you know who we met? Who? Uh, I don't remember his name. But the guy from The Princess Bride, he goes, inconceivable. Oh, Mr. Hall from Clueless. Mr. Hall from Clueless. We met him yeah, in, in Vancouver. In Vancouver with Lush. He mm-hmm. was coming out of the hotel we were mm-hmm. all staying at, and we were all there as a group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, nope, I'm not an actor. Nope, I don't know what you're talking about. I love that he played it off that way. Um, yeah. I he was awesome. Most of who I've met have been like musicians. Who's like who? Uh, I met Ben Queller a couple times. He Uh was really nice. Cool. Very, I mean, yeah. Matt Sharp, who used to be in Weezer. Mm -hmm. That was weird. What? Why was that weird? I think he. Okay, never mind. This doesn't sound like No, I was going to say, I think he didn't realize that people don't know who he is. Maybe. But you did know who he was. I knew who he was, but like he was in Weezer for like the Blue Album and Pinkerton and like early Weezer, mm-hmm. early, early Weezer when mm-hmm. they were really popular, uh-huh. but not yet super duper mainstream, I would say. Like Buddy Holly was very mainstream. Sure. But like, yeah. There are also plenty of band members who I I would have no idea what they look like. Yeah, totally. Like I would, because I, I, yeah. I don't watch... You you make music. I listen to it with my <laughs> yeah. ears. I wouldn't. I just like a radio host. Yeah. Like, oh. Um. My brother told me because he lived in Portland for a while, and his roommates were our friends that were in bands, so they would always go to local shows. And they were like, "Yeah, Pat from Weezer is at a lot of them. Like Art from Everclear is at a lot of them, and no one <laughs> knows who these people are. And like you can tell they kind of love it because they just go to all these local shows and just like." hang out yeah. and people don't really bother him. I think that's also kind of an Oregon thing though, to be honest. That people are just so used to so many amazing artists walking among them <laughs> that they, they just, it's, there's no star struckery. Yeah. In a way you're just like, okay. All right. Like, yeah. I don't know if this was rumor or true, but supposedly the house that, um, Grammy and George had their beach house in Sylvester Stallone had a house there <laughs> because no one would know. And people would see him around town. Like one of the neighbors said that they ran into him and everyone's just like, Oh, that guy, I, I kind of recognize him. Like, yeah. Yeah. Which is perfect. If I were Sylvester Stallone, I would have a house somewhere like that too. Yeah. Rich people got to live somewhere. Yeah. He didn't live there all the time. He would just visit occasionally. Okay, Rich people but have yeah. to vacation somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think if I met Josh Gates, I would just be like, tell me everything. But it would come out really strange. Yeah. I don't know. It's Josh Gates. Yeah. And I sure feel is. like, too, he is such a tall person that I would just be like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, from the get-go, it would be awkward if I actually met him in person. I'd be, like, staring up. You're three feet taller than I am. It seems like whenever you meet 
like a new friend that's super tall, you love it because you know how ridiculous it looks. It looks ridiculous, but it makes certain things really awkward. Like hugging hello and goodbye are very <laughs> uncomfortable because I'm like, my face is the height of your armpit. Like, this is so strange. And how do we do this? Like, yeah. But it is funny to stand next to really tall people. Yeah. And I'm not I, incredibly short. If I had to guess, too, uh, my guess would be Josh Gates probably wouldn't hug you hello and no. goodbye. No. No, 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 not at all. But just, I'd be like, in my mind, he's like as as tall as like the ceiling. I know he's not in real life. Not as the ceiling. Maybe as the light fixture. Like what added onto it. Anyway, because I know he's like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, like he's over six feet for yeah, sure. He's and a, you see him good, on the like, show. Almost, almost if not half inch or half foot taller than me. <laughs> yeah, like you see him on the show standing next to like people who look like their normal height. Yeah. And he makes them look tiny. Yeah. So I think from the get-go it would be awkward and then I would probably proceed to make it more awkward because I'm good at that. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That's funny to me. Yeah, but I feel like if it was like... There are other, like you mentioned Ghost Nation. If it was like Dave from Ghost Nation, I'd be mm-hmm. like, I remember the episode where you got stuck under a porch. So like, I'm not intimidated by you. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, what about you though? What about me? Who would you want to have on the show? Uh, if it was, if there were these options and they were real and tangible. Yeah. Well... If I'm trying to get away from from people that I think would be really easy mm-hmm. to get, or at least significantly easier, right? Like, like for example, it might be fun to have Gary V on, mm. and he's busy, and there are a lot of like logistics behind why that would be complicated. Yeah, but I also like. I I don't think it would be that hard either, mm-hmm. right? So, getting away from those people, I'm not totally sure. Mm. I think one thing that we're both realizing is that maybe there aren't a ton of like mainstream popular people that either of us <laughs> are super. Yeah. Yeah, I could yeah. see like, okay, Mike Myers. Mm. I, that's mm. totally random, but I what questionable okay you don't like mike myers early mike myers i think is funny later mike myers i think it's did not his humor did not age well yeah like i felt like after austin powers a lot of it was even at the time i was like this is pretty offensive i don't know that i've seen a lot of i mean i'm i just i just think of wayne's world i love wayne's world yeah mike myers yeah and then, yeah, like I always forget that he was Austin Powers. That's mm-hmm. so, I guess he did a really good job because I don't <laughs> think of. You don't think of him as Austin Powers? Yeah. Okay. Who else? Well, only because we've been watching Parks and Rec mm-hmm. while we've been working. So I think of like Rob Lowe. Mm. Huh. I think, which is funny because also Wayne's World. Yeah. That's why I don't like Rob Lowe. In my mind, he's such a scummy guy because all his. <laughs> Because of Wayne's World. Give him a break. It was so long ago. I know. But I think I saw that when I was so young that that was, I think, for a long time, the only thing I ever saw Mike, not Mike Myers, Rob Rob Lowe in because I loved Wayne's World and I watched it a lot. Anyway, sorry. Continue. 
Well, again, going with that same same kind of line of thought would be Nick Offerman. Mm, I love Nick Offerman. Which I could see being difficult because he's Nick Offerman, but I could see being <laughs> easier than other celebrities because he has his own podcast. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you know, but I, I would also imagine that he's probably not super easy to just get in touch with. I think he's a Michael Sarah type. Megan Mullally, mm-hmm. who is married to Nick Offerman. Mm-hmm. She would be amazing. <laughs> See, I'm just, the problem is I'm not coming up with people that like have had an impact on my whole life no. or whatever. I'm, my brain is only picking people that I'm like thinking about right now yeah. in the current state of things and. Anyway, so I think I'd have to think on it a bit more. Yeah, totally. Because, like, you know, obviously people like Mark Hamill. Like, if we're talking, like, like huge, Like your dream guest. Just, yeah. Hmm. Also, because I think Mark Hamill seems like a pretty cool dude. Mm-hmm. Like, his Twitter is, like, super anti-Trump, which always cracks me up. Yeah, he's very politically active. And vocal. At least on Twitter. I don't know yeah. if he is in real life. I don't know him. Yeah, that's true. I would just assume he was. Uh, so, sorry, that totally threw sorry. me off. No, Mark no, Hamill. Fine. Yeah, Mark Hamill, uh, who, because of his stuff with like playing the voice of the Joker in like mm. Batman cartoons. I forgot about that. Yeah, it makes me think that he's pretty cool. <laughs> and he was also in like... Uh, I think it's um, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Is that the movie where Mark Hamill's in it at the end? I don't remember. I want to say that Carrie Fisher is also in that movie. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember either. It was so long ago that I saw that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, there was someone else. Man, they were right on the tip of my tongue. Applesauce? No, not Applesauce. <laughs> Applesauce is not a big enough celebrity, and she's too easy to get on the show. She's way too available for the show. If anything, it's hard to get her not on the show. (laughs) All right. Well, I think I'm going to think on my answers a little more. Okay. And I think we should wrap it up. Yeah, I think. Oh, yeah. You want to take us out? Yeah. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for watching. You're welcome. (laughs) I hope that you have a great day, and we will see you next time.